Hi guys, my name is Jason L. Parker and welcome to the Engage Athletics Leadership Podcast. Yes, this is the show that's all about helping ADs and coaches find their way. Here we'll discuss clarity, goal setting, best practices, and everything in between. We want you to thrive internally with our families and in our positions as ADs and coaches. Enjoy the show. So one of the things I want to do is start every show with a what's going on segment that just basically talks about where we are as a company and what you guys can expect. Uh, First and foremost, uh, most of you guys know in March, we published the book and the book's been doing really well. Um, Not that it sold a million copies or anything, but a lot of people have been interested in it. A lot of people have downloaded the book and we've gotten great feedback. Uh, the book was just an, an opportunity, I, I thought, to really help people. It dealt with a lot of the things that I had been through and a lot of the, the things that I saw uh, parents and students and even some some athletic leaders were making. And so I think the book's a great resource for people. Uh, a lot of schools are starting to, to ask about bulk orders, and it's been a great foray into this whole thing. And But now, uh, as of July, I got the opportunity to go out and speak to the Oklahoma Athletic Directors Conference. I got the opportunity to go out to Atlanta and speak at the Athlife Foundation Conference, which is a great, great organization. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can learn more about it. But speaking directly to athletic directors and coaches and and academic counselors, these people that I refer to as academic leaders, I'm sorry, athletic leaders rather, it really caused me to focus and hone down and realize that that's where my passion was. Uh, Obviously, as an athletic director, I work with other athletic directors, uh, I work with coaches on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, while I love speaking to students and parents, and obviously I, I have students and I am a parent, so that's somewhat natural to me, but still my passion, my wheelhouse, um, everything that within me is is pointed and geared towards athletic directors and coaches and those people I refer to as athletics leaders. And so we have rebranded into EngageAthleticsLeaderships.com. And what what that means for you is that's a place where you can go to this new website and check out all of our content. I'm going to be putting out a monthly podcast for now, and that that's pretty much going to going to be geared to my schedule. Um, You guys know, as athletic directors and coaches, it's football season and softball season and volleyball and and cross country and everything else that that you may be dealing with in fall sports in your neck of the woods. So we're busy. And uh, unless, you know, there's a huge demand for more content, I think that the monthly podcast is going to be great for now. And we're also going to have a weekly blog that's also going to be featured at that website. And so you guys can check that that stuff out. Out there, and like I said, um, always feel free to email me or, or phone or call. I'm sorry, text or call if uh, we're needing more information or you've got questions. Another thing I'm super excited about, and I want you guys to get involved with and share with others, is our engaged athletic leadership LinkedIn group. 
this is going to be a place where you can interact um, with others and, and share your story or, or ask questions. One of the biggest things that's been pivotal for me over the last two months is was the opportunity to link up with so many different athletic directors and coaches from all over the nation, whether it was phone calls, um, lunch meetings, coffee meetings, uh, getting to know other ADs and coaches as people has been just phenomenal for me. I mean, we so often see each other at conferences and meetings and games that we know each other only as professionals, only as uh, people that, that occupy these positions that we have. But getting to know uh, others' struggles, others' triumphs, uh, others' families, guys, it's just, it's life-changing. You, you, you'll come to find that, that you're not the only one um, that's going through what you're going through. And so this is a great group to do that in. Um, I would advise you to just join the group. Uh, it's at LinkedIn and it's the Engage Athletics Leadership Group and get involved, uh, ask some questions. And, and obviously, guys, the, a big part of this is going to be uh, legal stuff, best practices stuff. So whether you're needing help with an issue or you're just seeking some clarity, uh, you're seeking some time management or goal setting skills, uh, you're seeking to 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 more effectively utilize your time with your family. Those are types of things that we want to get into with this group. So check that all, all that stuff out. And that's what's going on for August. Now, before we get into today's topic, I want to let you guys know the extra point of the day. The extra point is where we provide you with tools and tips to help you take your game to the next level. Today's extra point is followupvin.com. Guys, after the first couple of days of school, I had over 130 emails. Now, that might be a lot for, for, for some of you, and it may not be any for many of you, but... For me, that, that's quite a bit. Um, I usually say around the 30 to 40 range, but typically about once a month, it's inevitable that I'm going to go over 100 emails just with running around it for games and various administration meetings and sponsorship meetings and things like that. Your emails tend to stack up. And so when you go to answer those, those emails, there are going to be things you respond to that are of various priority, right? And so one of the things um, followupthen.coms allows you to do is send a follow-up email to yourself um, by putting the, the time when you'd like to be reminded, whether it be a couple of hours, whether it be one to three days or, or 100 days or even uh, years or even a specific date. So you could put November 1st at 3 p.m. And then after that, you put at followupvin.com. And you don't have to sign up. It's completely free. But at the time you specify, you'll get that email sent back to you um, just as a reminder. And so it's great whether you want to uh, not respond right now. Uh, sometimes if I don't have the information, I'll just forward that to myself and say uh, one or two days at followupthen.com. And then I'll, I'll get to clear that out of my email and focus on other things. And I know I'll be sent a reminder for it. It's also great if you're contacting somebody, but you want to send a follow-up yourself to make sure either that person responds or uh, you follow up with them. And so if I have an order, a product order that's coming in or that I need in and I send it to, you know, Dactronics or, or one of these large corporations that you might not get an email back in a week, 
Um, I'll put two or three days at followupthen.com. And if I haven't heard from them, it reminds me to follow up. Now, one of the things that's kind of annoying for me is the number of notifications you get. So as soon as you send it out and you can try it, send it to yourself right now and you'll get an email back saying, hey, we got you. We're going to follow up with you at this time you specified. Well, that's great. And it gives you confidence at first. But then uh, it's like, okay, that's another email. And my goal here is to reduce my email. So you got to delete that. And then there's a weekly follow up of all your upcoming follow up. So it's like if you have 20 follow ups over the next, you know, month or year or two years, it's going to show you all your upcoming follow ups for the next or, or every once per week, I guess, weekly. And so that can be a bit annoying, but I'm sure uh, you can uh, manage the notifications better than I can. I just haven't um, bothered with it, but it is a great service. I have not missed a follow-up, and it's allowed me to really take my mind off things and, and really uh, enhance my focus. Um, one of the things that it's allowed me to do is just forward things to myself, not have to worry about them, until I get that follow-up. So it's been great, and I encourage you guys to use it. So that is today's extra point of the day. If you have a, a extra point of the day, uh, feel free to email them to me at jp at engageathleticsleadership.com, and I'll be sure to include them and even give you a shout-out. So today's topic is all about striding despite scandal. And guys, over the last couple of weeks, we've been faced with a very scary incident. Um, and it actually occurred between students off campus. Um, the incident uh, actually caused me to think about how we could better protect or how I rather could better protect our students, our staff and even myself from these harmful and scandalous type of allegations. Now, no one was to blame from our staff or, or from any, any area of the school, but nevertheless, as, as athletics leaders, we were left to pick up the pieces, right? We had to decide who was going to be punished, uh, how we were going to manage the situation going forward, and all of these things. And so it got me to thinking that dealing with scandal is very much a prevalent issue. Uh, when doing research for this particular podcast, I found that over 20 different scandalous issues have occurred at U.S. high schools over the past month. So whether it's your school, whether it's a school down the street or in your area, or whether it's on the national news, uh, schools-based scandals affect us all. The policies and procedures that we have are often based on these type of, of scandalous issues. Um, obviously, there's a heightened sense of worry uh, among your staff, among students, among parents, whenever uh, there are these type of allegations just in the atmosphere. These things can be a big deal. Another thing with us dealing with this issue was the fact that it took up our entire week. I mean, I don't know if you guys have dealt with lawyers and, and different things of that nature before, but there's a time component to these things and you can't just put it off. You have to get your answer and your paperwork together in a quick manner. And so because of that, everything else becomes secondary. 
the reasons why we actually got into profession, uh, working with kids, developing students, developing staff, those things now become secondary. And so today we want to talk about striding despite scandals taking place. And what does striding mean? Striding is all about walking with purpose, uh, walking steadily, being dependable, being consistent. If you're listening to this podcast, it's my guess that you're probably a high performer. But when scandal takes place, it's easily it's easy to get knocked off of your um, your excellence, if you will. And so today we want to give you uh, the tools and tips to maintain your stride despite scandal. So when we talk about striding despite scandals, uh, one of the best ways we can do that is to avoid scandals altogether, right? And even if you're not able to avoid scandals, because let's face it, they they happen, uh, even the scandals that are, are falsely uh, false allegations. And so even when these occur, you're going to have plenty of uh, demonstrable evidence, demonstrable proof um, that you're taking care of things the right way, that you have uh, what the NCAA refers to as institutional control. And so let's look, take a look at two of the biggest reasons that scandal occurs in the first place. Number one is a lack of supervision. And number two is a failure to address. And so it's not news to any of us that that supervision is important, but we also know that gaps exist in our supervisory responsibilities. And so one of the things we have to do is begin to develop written content that speaks to supervision. So the handbook is a great place to go uh, to to hardwire um, the responsibility that supervision in every area um, is a must. And so that's one of the first things you can do at whether you're an athletic director or coach is hardwire um, those uh, the fact that supervision is a requirement. Now, another thing we realize that out of town trips and team bonding functions are always areas of concern when it comes to supervision. Uh, coaches can let their guard down in these situations. Uh, students obviously are prone to let their guard down and, and be a little bit more uh, frisky, if you will, when away from the confines of the school. Uh, a lot of times it's looked at as team bonding. A lot of times it's looked at as uh, coach bonding. And so these things can occur when we make room for them to occur. And when I say these things, uh, we know the buzzwords, whether it's hazing, whether it's bullying, whether it's intimidation, whether it's harassment, uh, all of these things occur or can only occur when there's a lack of supervision. And so I want to give you three quick points that you can use uh, to help um, make sure supervision is is executed, I guess I'll say. So um, first thing I would say is to have each of your teams keep a log, a supervisory log. So whether this is who's assigned to watch the locker room, who's assigned to, you know, watch the bus, who's assigned to uh, check up on the hotel rooms, 
Not only does this help implement supervision, but it also helps demonstrate that supervision is important to you in case you have to ever go before uh, some type of uh, neutral arbiter. So the second thing you can do is post rules, rules about not allowing students in certain areas where supervision is is not. Um, we've had to do this current this situation with our weight room post rules saying, Hey, students should not be in here if a coach is not present. And so that's just helped to cut down drastically on the number of students who think, um, an open weight room is an opportunity to, to get a, get the biceps in or get some ab work in. Uh, we need a coach in that room at all time. And obviously that's not always the case. And so now students have been made aware, uh, by the rules that they know they strict, they are strictly, um, restricted, I guess I'd say from being in that room without adult supervision. Another thing you can do is have a casual contract. And I know that that doesn't sound like something we need to be getting into, but a casual contract is something, a contract that deals with uh, team roles in casual situations. And so what a casual contract allows a coach or an athletic director to do is to address those situations in which the team is going to be in a casual uh, atmosphere uh, before the season even starts. And we all know whether you're uh, doing something to promote a game, uh, going to an elementary school to read, uh, having a dinner over the coach's house, or even just um, having the team hang out amongst themselves. Casual contracts can talk about the fact that um, no explicit words or or, or explicit pictures should be taken. Uh, no entering into unsupervised areas without permission. Uh, they can even list things like um, not engaging in unbecoming activities or behavior. But I find what it does is it brings up the conversation before we are involved in these situations. It's also a good thing to, to review though, especially before for a long trip on the road, uh, just reviewing, hey, this is how we act at all times. And remember, this is what the contracts that both you and your parents have signed uh, say. And so having that conversation early, it's going to always be a good thing. And it's going to help you um, again, satisfy your requirement to supervise. Now, the second area of concern is a failure to address. And this occurs when we know, or as the law puts it, we should know of, of an incident that occurred, whether it's harm to a student, whether it's failure to um, follow through with certain policies or procedures, there becomes the issue of a failure to address when when we don't go about addressing these things in a timely manner. And so first and foremost, there's a time component. But I think we all know about the time component. I want to speak to the attitude component because I believe we have to approach addressing situations um, of scandal with an attitude of transparency. 
And the reason we often don't come into these situations with the attitude of transparency is because pride is often our biggest enemy. Let's face it. Nobody likes to admit when we're wrong, especially when we're in charge of something and things go wrong or things go bad. Or maybe you don't even feel like uh, maybe you feel like the situation was beyond your control or out of your hands. But often the pride keeps us from even when we know that something wrong occurred and it may have been our fault, we want to clean it up our way. We want to clean up our spilt milk the way that we want to do it, right? And so we don't want others' hands uh, in the pot or on the floor helping us clean and, and looking down on us or looking on us with pity. And so that's why... We don't approach situations of scandal with an attitude of transparency, but that's exactly the wrong thing to do. And let me tell you why, because when we get others involved, first of all, it helps healing to occur. Uh, Maybe there's a there's a student that needs to talk to a counselor or a police officer or, um, you know, a superintendent or or a principal. All these all these people are designed to help. And at this point, after harm occurs or after a situation occurs, it's no longer about you. Okay, we have to get beyond ourselves and and realize that the quicker we get others involved, um, the quicker healing can occur. And, and obviously there's, there's some, you got to be careful with that as far as, uh, our privacy rules, uh, uh, go, our privacy laws go rather, but, um, you can feel confident sharing information with people on a need to know basis. So if it is a supervisor or someone, uh, in the school system that is, has the responsibility or, um, the ability to help, um, feel free to to notify that person and you should do so. Another thing it allows us to do, getting others involved and having an attitude of transparency, is to craft a well-rounded response. I know me as an athletic director or if you're a coach, you want to respond in a way that's going to uh, help your team or help your athletics program. Uh, We don't want any other teams doing this. So this is how we're thinking about um, responding to this situation. But what you're failing to realize is you're just one component of a huge organization. When you bring in that principal, when you bring in that superintendent, or or those people in the community uh, that, that may be law enforcement or whoever, now you can craft a response that is well-rounded in nature that considers other, other components, uh, other stakeholders, if you will. And so if you go out and craft a rule that's all about, well, the football team can no longer do this, well... How does that affect band? How does that affect dance? How does that affect ag? How does that affect other students in other groups who may now have to be subject to this rule? Otherwise, the school risks um, not being consistent in its policies. And so when you open the doors and allow other people's to come other people to come in and help you craft a response um you're going to get a more well-rounded response and another thing you're going to get is others you're going to allow others to become advocates and what that means is no they might not advocate or condone the the harm or the situation that occurred but they can help advocate the response that was implemented 
And so instead of people uh, around external to the situation saying, oh, I can't believe, you know, the basketball team went out uh, and did that and and the coach only gave them two games. Uh, Now, all of a sudden, somebody else who was involved, who was privy to the situation can speak to what actually occurred. Well, no, there were some other things. There were some other incidents involved. And when we looked at the situation, you know, we decided on this response. And not only that, there are other components that that everybody uh, was not made privy to. And so this was a well-crafted response to this situation. This was uh, um, on-point response to the situation, if you will. And so now you have others out there advocating. You're not operating in a silo. And so it's so important, again, to come at these situations with an attitude of transparency whenever it's time to address an issue. And so those are two of the first things we can do um, to avoid scandal at all. And those are our our supervisory uh, dealing with a lack of supervision and a failure to address. So in the second part of our series on striding despite scandal, I want to tell you guys about self-preparation. As you guys know, if you've been following me for some time, I am a huge proponent of self-prep. About five years ago, I learned about priming and priming is a daily ritual uh, that I do that takes about two and a half hours for me and I focus on uh, relaxation Uh, mental focus. I do exercise, some reading and some writing. It's a mind, body and soul thing, right? And my question to you is why not? Why not do this, right? Because we know that athletes like Kobe Bryant um, practice for three times a day for for over a decade. We know that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning uh, had extreme rituals um, to get them where they needed to be or, or where they ended up going. Uh, but we, we know that there is a blueprint for greatness. So why not follow it? You may be saying, I don't necessarily want to be the Tom Brady of athletic directing or coaching, but don't you want to be the Tom Brady or Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods of your life, uh, accomplishing everything that you're meant to co- accomplish, uh, getting the most out of your talents and your skill set? Uh, I think that most of us would say yes to that. And so I found that priming on a daily basis is, is a great way to, to not only sustain my performance, but to continue to grow to continue to stay checked in with myself, um, with my God, with my family. Um, and so it's, it's just a great preparation ritual as it relates to, to keeping your stride despite swirling scandal. I, I believe that daily preparing yourself uh, gives you a reservoir, a reservoir of peace, a reservoir of um, knowing yourself, a reservoir even of 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 growing skills that are going to allow you to maintain your flexibility and maintain your character uh, when you're facing scandal. And so in part one, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, procedures and things that, that you need to do. But this is more 
personal, okay? Because scandals can take a lot out of you personally. And I believe it's a reason why so many coaches, high school coaches and ADs end up leaving the profession uh, because these type of things can, can come at your character. They can test you emotionally. And they can push you past your limits. Uh, we know that when when we're fatigued, say you haven't gotten a lot of sleep, or let's say you haven't been eating, or and you're super hungry, or let's say that you know you you've eaten, but or you're not necessarily hungry, but maybe you're just been lately been filling yourself with the wrong types of food or substances. We know that we can become more irritable and more apt to be pushed off of our games, right? And so priming is like a counteraction for all that. It helps. It's a daily check-in, whether it be with your family, uh, with your emotions, whether it be with your vision for your life. Uh, These are things we want to stay on top of, right? We want to uh, not look in the mirror and then as soon as we leave that mirror, forget who we are as forget the type of people that we are and priming allows us to um do that on a daily basis so i i have to i'm a huge huge proponent and almost every time i speak i i find a way to sneak that in guys because i'm not gonna let up on it uh you can call me the the priming ad i don't know i'm gonna have to develop some type of moniker Uh, to go with this mindset, but I just can't tell you how life-changing it's been for me. And it could be anything. It could be uh, a a daily ritual of having a cup of coffee and reading a book. It could be a daily ritual of hugging your wife every day. It could be a daily ritual of of reading uh, your Bible or prayer. Uh, It just so happens I found that all of these things help get me into that that prime mind state where I'm ready to go. And ready to go is really relative. I, I call it uh, being your best. What does it take to get you to be your best? It may be, you, you may be at your best when you're motivated. You may be at your best when you're at peace. You may be at your best when uh, you feel strong uh, from exercise. It could be a variety of things. So whether you're Going out on a daily run or, um, like I said, just reading a book, prime yourself on a daily basis and you're going to have a reservoir that helps you continue to stride no matter what scandals are swirling about. So in the last part of our series on striding despite scandal, we want to talk about what is perhaps the um, most draconian situation, the, the scariest um, thing that, that any coach or athletic director can face. And that's when the allegations um, are against you or, or your uh, department. Um, these are situations where our character is really bought, brought into trial. Um, and so as such, our past performance, our past behavior should serve as as our biggest advocate, really. Um, this could be as as simple as someone accusing uh, you of discrimination or accusing you of not executing on established policies. Um, things like this 
uh, obviously can bring scandal uh, into your daily situation, which will attempt to knock you off your stride. And so one of the things I want us to do and begin to practice on a daily basis is to remember our values. Remember our values. And, and what do I mean like th- by that? Well, remembering our values is a way of thinking. First of all, I want you to remember the value, the tangible value that you bring to your organization on a daily basis. When we approach our jobs with a mindset to bring value, what am I producing on a daily basis? How do I make this place a better place? Um, it automatically uh, builds up for us a history, a tendency of of bringing value, and it speaks to our competency as athletic directors or coaches. Uh, maybe you've completed a, a multi million dollar um, building project. Maybe you've um, produced some state championships or helped get. Uh, a lot of students to college or um, your um, team's academic performance is off the charts, whatever it may be. Um, And obviously these things is, aren't what it's all about. I'm not at all um, saying that, but I'm saying that we have to maintain uh, production. We have to um, really, be in tune with the value that we're bringing. And, and one of the things I encourage you, us all to do is to maintain a, a progress report, which lists and lays out what your accomplishments are and what your aspirations are. And I know it can be difficult because we're so busy, but one of the things I like to do is if I accomplish something um, or one of our teams accomplish something, um, I just jot it in a, in a little Google document and then every quarter I go and clean up that document. And so during fall break and during uh, winter break and, and spring break and summer break, I revisit this document and just clean it up a little bit. But maintaining that progress report is going to help you, particularly if you're in the face of a scandal, um, because it's going to demonstrate that you are competent at, at doing what you do. Uh, but even if if not in the face of scandal. Um, this is something that remembering the value that you bring on a daily basis is going to really motivate you to to bring it on a daily basis. And so, again, we're talking about worst case scenarios here in this series. But if if our mindset is such that we're all preparing ourselves um, to even survive the worst case scenario, then we're obviously going to be better at what we do um, on a daily basis, even when scandal or the worst case scenario doesn't doesn't arise. So, again, first, remembering your value uh, point is to remember that tangible value that you bring on a daily basis. Right. This the second and last way value that I want you to remember is the value of relationships. Okay, and and this is there's a a huge gamut, whether it's the value of a a small interaction or the value of a a deep and lasting relationship. 
we have to maintain the mindset as coaches and athletic directors that everyone who walks through our door is important. Whether it's that 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 student that that may or may not be an athlete, whether it's that parent that is so helpful or the one that gets on our last nerve, um, all of these people are important. Uh, whether it's the staff members, the other coaches that we love working with, or the ones that that aren't so easy to work with, the administrators that we work for and and with, uh, that we that are great to us, and the ones that maybe we like to avoid. All of these relationships are important, and so remember to value them. And here's why: because let's say worst case scenario, you're you're you're, I'm sorry, you are accused of uh, discrimination. Well, if you have a history of valuing relationships and equitably managing conflicts, dealing with people with care in the past, well, your past behavior is is virtually refuting uh, that allegation. Um, if you have a claim of harassment, well, your daily practices of respect for others are refuting that allegation. What I'm trying to say is that how you treat others will inherently affirm or deny the allegations against you or your department. So it's just no different than than when when people go to court. The first thing they look at is their past and how have they be, behaved in the past. And that helps gives us give provide a clue into whether or not you would have a tendency uh, to do the thing that you're accused of doing. And so, again, guys and girls, it's not all about, um, well, this I would never be accused of that or that would never happen to me. But it's about placing ourselves in a daily mindset of preparation to really be our best. And if you're valuing um the, the tangible value you bring on a daily basis and the value you bring to uh, or valuing relationships, um, you're going to be much better off in in your position as an athletic leader. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show uh, this month. Uh, remember to link up with us on the Facebook group. Uh, remember, you can always email me at jp at engagedathletics.com. I'd love for you to link up with me. Um, My plan for the the next few months is I really want to go and get some interviews with some coaches and some athletic directors that really inspire me and and have some great stories. Uh, If you guys have any ideas um, or questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me again. This is for us. This is for athletic leaders all over the country. And I hope I'm providing some value to you. So again, thanks for listening. And until next time.